0: hey what's going on everybody thank you so much for joining this week's message from zoe church we are in a series right now called new beginnings and we're in part four today we are studying the life and out of the book of Jonah. I want to thank every person that likes, subscribes, comments, and shares our podcast, and I want to thank every person that helps us get the message of Jesus out around the world. If you'd like to partner with us, text Zoe, Z-O-E, to 77977, and we'll shoot you a link, and you can give right there. But let's jump into this week's message. It's called Out of of the ashes. Jonah chapter 1, Jonah chapter 1, go to verse 1. I'm going to jump in. We're in a a series right now called New Beginnings. And new beginnings, really, this came from us preparing to turn 8. The biblical number for 8 is new beginnings. And so as we turn 8, I just sense it's a new season. It's a new day. And thank God for 2015, By the way, we're looking at photos of when we launched. My little guy, Winston, was just one years old. How about after this service, my boy is getting baptized right out here in the courtyard. Make some noise for my oldest son, Winston Charles. We started, Julia was pregnant with my Mavie, my seven-year-old now. She is pregnant. She gave birth just a few weeks later to Maverick Montgomery Vage. And I'm grateful, but I'm excited for the future. And you got to remember this. you got to remember this. Being a part of a church, by, by the way, if you're from another church, we are so blessed that you're here. Thank God for everybody that's stopping by. If you would kindly write a check, remember, million starts with an M. <laughs> and, um, but if this is not your church, I want you to prayerfully consider making it your church. I think everybody need a church. And the way I see church is find a church and stick with it. Because there is no perfect church. It's kind of like marriage. Find a wife, stick with it. <laughs> Why y'all laugh? It's true. This is what you should do. Julia and I are celebrating 15 years this next month of her being blessed. Huh? She's blessed. <laughs> Just ask her so julia's like why are you dressed like you're going to a rehearsal dinner today (laughs) marriage god bless it so find a church find a community church by the way let me just say this church is not about a commitment to attendance it's a commitment to a people Saying this is my people, we're gonna ride, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help serve you and love you and encourage you and bless you and do whatever I can so that we can follow Jesus heart and soul. Amen. Amen. And so part of being a part of a church is what happens to us, happens to you. So if God is saying new beginnings to Zoe, God is clearly saying new beginnings to you. And I just want to internalize and kind of teach today about what does that mean, a new beginning? What does that look like, a new start, a fresh start? Because some of us, when I say new beginning, some of us are like, yep, down. 100%, count me in. Because last season wasn't that fun. Because last season was filled with some disappointment, some delay, some destruction in my last season. I want to speak to an audience today that would go like, man, I need to come out of this thing because my past, uh, past season wasn't so fun. I love this because God always says, he pulled me out of a pit. He set my feet on a rock. He put a new song in my mouth. Many are going to see and many are going to hear that God's been good to me. In other words, God, God will pull you out of the worst season of your life to put you into the best season of your life. That's how good God is. If you don't believe me, this, I love this verse, Isaiah 61. Put it on the screen. Watch what God says to you and I. He says, he will give you a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. Maybe you're coming out of despair. I believe this next season is festive praise. Maybe you're like, man, this last season was filled with ashes. That's all right. I believe God is going to give you a new season, a season of joy, a season of passion, a season of purpose, a season of friendship, a season of community, a season of blessing. In fact, I want to preach a message today, write down the title. It's called Out of the Ashes. So I just feel like some of us, it's like it wasn't just COVID. It was like, man, I lost them and I lost this and I lost, I got so much loss in my life. Got so much pain I'm dealing with. I'm trying to get rid of that old funk to step into a new faith. I just believe is a word for somebody today. We got to get out of the ashes. But God, listen, what, I love this about God. God always says to us, give me your worst, I'll give you my best. You can bring God your ugliest sin, your worst mistake, the worst season. God's not intimidated. God's not thrown by it. God's not like, what did you do? He was there. He saw it. But the Bible says nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus. Neither height, nor depth, nor power, nor principality, nor angel, nor demon, nor clipper, nor laker. Just making sure you listen listening. Out of the ashes, Jonah chapter one, we're gonna study how Jonah did it. Jonah chapter one, it says, now the word of the Lord, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them, whoever them are, to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord you don't know the story of Jonah, let me just kind of break it down for you. The word of the Lord. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. By the way, I'm just believing in these 21 days of prayer and fasting, you're going to get a word from God. God's going to give you, I call them marching orders. It's like, I heard God say it, so I know what to do. By the way, until God speaks, I don't know what to do. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah and it said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city. By the way, can I just say today, the reason why I'm excited about number eight is because we're not in Ohio. We're not in Pennsylvania. We're not in some other place. Anybody excited that we're in the greatest city in the whole world, the city of Los Angeles, California? Come on, clap if you love that great city. Somebody starts talking trash about um, L.A. in front of you, curse them. Not a curse word, just like a curse spiritual, just like ba-bam. Blindness, ba-boom. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, don't do that. You, people think you're weird and nothing will happen. <laughs> he said, Jonah, I want you to go to that great city, that great city, Nineveh, and I want you to tell him about who I am. And um, Jonah looked at God and said, nah, fam, no way, Jose. Has God ever asked you to do something and you're like, no, absolutely not. He says, Jonah, go. And and Jonah says, no. Go to Nineveh, son, and I'm going to use you there, and I got plans for you there. No, I don't think so, man. He actually pays the fare, goes down to Joppa, pays the fare, gets on a boat, and goes with them opposite direction to a city called Tarshish. While he's on the boat, the Bible says some crazy storm breaks out. Not like a fake one like Hillary, like a real one. Come on, let's have fun, you guys. Come on, let's have fun today in church. But a real one breaks out like a crazy storm. This storm breaks out, and I'm telling you, the wind is moving, and the waves are rocking, and the boat is shaking, and the sailors are like, man, we've been through some storms. We've been through some some Katrinas. We've been through the real stuff, but this this thing is crazy. This is, this, is, uh, this is unusual storm behavior. Jonah raises his hand. He's like, I'll tell you what's going on. The reason why this storm is happening like that is because I've been disobedient, and I'm running from the will of God for my life. He says, actually, if you do this, if you'll just throw me over, the storm will go. Away, the the soldiers, the, the sailors are like, say less. You telling me all I got to do is get rid of you, and all my problems are gone. Bye. Don't let the door hit you where you got to go. They throw him overboard, and and, and, and the whole thing stops. And while he's in the water, <laughs> out of the sovereignty of God's grace, God sends a whale to pick up Jonah. And Jonah spends three days and three nights in the belly of a whale. He spends three days and three nights sobering up about the reality of rebellion. He spends three days and three nights about getting his life right with God of going like, wow, I can't believe that I thought that I could call the shots in my life. I can't believe that I was dumb enough and insubordinate enough to think that I could be the ruler and the leader of my life. Three days and three nights. After three days and three nights, he cries out to God from the belly of a whale. I don't know if you've ever been through some stuff in your life, but I've gone through some stuff where I felt like I was in the belly of a whale and I needed to cry out for God's mercy. Anybody thankful that every time you found yourself there, God met you by his grace and God met you by his love. God didn't leave his children in situations like this going like, yep, that's exactly right. Told you. No, he actually actually listens to his His prayer and he tells the whale go right over here and he drops Jonah off on dry ground in (laughs) Nineveh. And he says when he gets to Nineveh on dry ground, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Because you need to know this about your God. We serve the God of second chances. If you messed up the first time, don't you worry. You woke up today to fresh mercy. You woke up to a God of new beginnings. You woke up to a God that says, when you were faithless, I remain faithful. Now, the word of the Lord, I'm just believing for somebody today, that you might have messed things up. You might have made a mistake. You might listen. By the way, most people are not afraid of failure. They're afraid of the identity of failure. And when you're in Christ, you cannot be identified by failure. You're identified by the grace of Jesus. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And he says, Jonah, I told you I'm, I got plans to use you in Nineveh. And Jonah obeys and he goes out and he starts to preach and he starts to prophesy. This is like a guy on the third street promenade in Santa Monica. Turn around. And God uses him mightily and a revival gets ushered in and Nineveh gets saved. And the funny thing is, after God uses him, Jonah goes, finds some hill, sits under a tree and says, see, God. What did I tell you? I told you this is why I didn't want to go in the first place. Because I knew that if I started telling everybody about how awesome and compassionate and loving and good you were. I knew they'd get saved. And he ends up despising the will of God for his life. I want to encourage you today. Do not despise the plan God has for you. Do not reject the plan that God has for you. Find pleasure and fulfillment in walking in God's plan over your plan for your life. Amen to that. I'm going to give you four things to write down today. Write down number one. I love this. God awareness leads to self-awareness. I think we need this in our life. We need some more God awareness. We need to be aware of who God is and what God can do. Look at Jonah chapter one, verse seven. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? And where do you come from? And where is your country? And from what people are you? And he answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. And the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come. I know this is, it's my fault that this storm has happened. Can we stop blaming God for stuff? Can we, uh, it drives me crazy. You see a lot of people blame the devil. Oh, the devil made me. Oh, the devil tempted me. Oh, the devil didn't. Stop blaming God. Stop blaming the devil. How about taking some ownership over the things that I did? I'm the one that paid the fare. I'm the one that turned my back. I'm the one that got the subscription. I'm the one that DM'd the person. I'm the one that made the mistake. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's It's me. And can we, can we get some God awareness that God loves you enough that some of the things going on in your life is like, oh, this is not normal. Some of the conflicts, some of the issues, some of the storms, some of the, man, this is not, this, I've created this chaos. And I'd love to blame God, but it, I, it was me. I'd love to say the devil. No, but it's me. And I love this. Listen, I, I don't want you to be self-aware as much as I want you to be God-aware. I love that worship song, let us become more aware of your presence. I want to see God in my community. I want to see God in my children. I want to see God at Zoe Church. I want to see God. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're self-aware if you're not God-aware. It's like I'm aware that God is big. God is good. God is on the throne. God is for me, who could be against me. So I'm in awe and reverence of a glorious, magnificent God. We have a friend that put out a song this last week, Brooke Ligerwood, look it up. It's called The Fear of God. When's the last time you heard a worship song called Fear of God? Just talking about having the reverence of being aware. Oh, yo. You're big and I'm not. You call the shots and I don't. And when I try and go do my own thing, that's when a bunch of stuff that, isn't that interesting? Wow, I got this problem and I got that problem and this arose and I got this issue now and I got all these issues and all of them are tied together. The common denominator is my rebellion. The common denominator is my disobedience to the will of God. I'd love to be mad at somebody else, but I gotta be honest, I broke my own heart this time. And God-awareness will make you self-aware. God-awareness will give you the ability to go, you'll do something great and go, I know how dumb I am, that was all God. (laughs) So even for the good stuff, I can recognize it's Jesus. And even in the bad stuff, I can recognize when it's me. You need some God-awareness to develop some self-awareness. Have you ever been around somebody that was just completely unaware of themselves? Have you ever been around somebody that lacked self-awareness? Do not point to them. Wow. This girl over here was like. You see someone that's not self-aware, you're like, oh, wow. You just keep talking. You haven't asked a question in an hour. You know, let me just remind you that you don't know who you are until you know whose you are. And Jonah's got God awareness, doesn't he? He doesn't have obedience yet, but he does have God awareness. And he says, I'll tell you the problem, the real problem is that I'm, yeah, I've been running. And I've been running from God. And God put a calling on my life. And God put a word in my spirit. And God told me who I'm supposed to be. But I've been running from God because I don't want to do his thing. I want to do my thing. Can we just be honest and call it what it is? You want to do what you want to do. He's like, the storm's happening because it's me. And they're like, oh, man, I'm so sorry, bro. But you got to go. (laughs) Like, dang, that sucks. But like, see ya. (laughs) And they throw him overboard. And Jonah's probably thinking like, yep, it's over. And yet God in his sovereignty sends a fish to capture his life. You know that God will use anything to get a hold of your attention. And so God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. So God hasn't changed his plan is that he's, he's remained committed to his plan. So he sends a fish and it's in the fish that he's like, I'm sorry. I, I, you know me, I have this propensity to try and, you know, be independent. You know me, I, 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 I do this sometimes. I'm sorry, but you know what he does in the belly of a whale is that right down. Number two, God's grace will bring you to your senses, It reminds me of Luke 15, lost coin, lost sheep, lost lost son. In Luke 15, there's a story about this young man that comes to his dad. He's like, Dad, I want my inheritance right now. Be careful, by the way. Don't step into things that are outside of God's timing. I don't want to be two steps in front of God's will for my life. I don't want anything that's not his timing and not his plan. Somebody clap for that one right there. That's a word for somebody today. I don't want it unless it's God-given. So he goes, I want it now. I want it now. I want my inheritance now. And remind, let me just remind you, this is a story about a father that's not manipulative or controlling. By the way, stay away from anybody in your life that is manipulating and controlling. Don't let anybody manipulate and control. We are not ruled by people. We are ruled by the spirit of the living God. I don't surrender to what people think. I surrender to what God thinks. So the father's like, man, I'm, I'm not standing in your way if that's what you want. We serve the God of free will. He says, Is that what you want? Here it is. So the boy goes out and he spends half of the father's inheritance out in the club, out out sleeping around. Bottle service, bottle, just doing it, just living it up. Win like win hotel, get it, Vegas? Okay, never mind. Um, he's just he's out. And the Bible says he spends all of his inheritance and he ends up in a pig's pen. This is the New Testament's version of a belly of a whale. And in this belly of the whale, the pig pen, watch what it says in Luke 15. I love what the prodigal son says, Luke 15. He says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's highest servants have food to eat? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. That's what what Jonah's saying. In the belly of a whale. He's not in a pig pen. For him, he's in the belly of a whale. And by the way, just to remind you, if God needs to use a pig pen or use the belly of a whale, it's not because he wants to get back at you. It's because he wants you to get back to his house. And he goes, I'm not living like this. I'm going back. I know I'll, I'll ask my father if I can just come back. Jonah's saying the same prayer. Lord, from the belly of a whale, I cried out to my God and he heard me in my distress. And once God could recognize he's ready, he took the whale and put him and sent him to dry ground. Right down to the next one, number three. God can put you back exactly into the will of God for your life. He can put you exactly where you're supposed to be. God, can't. You, you might have gone this way and made this mess and done this thing. But shame says you got to sit out for six months. Shame says we're going to suspend your subscription to blessing for three months. But God says you can repent and get right today. The Bible says you can repent and all your sins can be washed away and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. He took that whale and he says, it's time for you to get back smack dab in the middle of my will for your life. I don't know about you, but I've disobeyed God before anybody else. And I've gone against God's plan for my life and I've said no to what God wants and I've said yes to what I want. And every time I've gone against God's plan, all hell has broken out. And every time i face the belly of the whale, out of desperation, I've cried out to God. And every time I've gotten back with God, he turned my morning into dancing. And God today can put you right back into the middle of his will for your life. Remember like, oh, no. Sounds good for some people here, but like, I am so far gone. Pastor Chad, you don't even know what I've done, what I've seen, what I've participated in. I don't. It sounds crazy. I don't want to know. It's not for me to know. It's between you and God. But are you telling me that you've done things that are bigger than the blood of Jesus? Bigger than the second chance of Christ? Bigger than the new beginning that God has for those that love him and are called according to his purposes? All you have to do is get sober. Not literally, figuratively as well, but you have to get sober-minded. Say, I want what God wants over what I want. Here he comes, he comes, comes back to Nineveh. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. By the way, I just want to tell somebody, if you don't get it right the second time, God will give you a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance and a sixth chance and a seventh chance and a endless mercy. Endless grace. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. As far as the east is from the west, as far as Pomona is from Santa Monica. Just context. He's removed our transgressions from us. And he puts 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 Jonah back in the middle of, of his will for his life, and then he obeys. Go write down the next one today. I love this. Worship is a lifestyle of obedience. I don't know how you feel about worship, but worship is my favorite part of church. I love singing songs at church. By the way, this uh, Friday, uh, Zoe Music is putting out Resurrection Power. Check it out. It's on Spotify, Apple, you, all the stuff, Pandora. It's on everything. And I love worship music, man. I love coming to church. I love singing. I love worshiping. I put on worship music in the morning. I put it on the car. I love wor- I love to worship God. I love, but worship is not obedience. Worship is a song. Worship is a melody, but God is not pleased with song. He is pleased with lifestyle. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 15. Watch what God says. God says this to, through Samuel. He says, now the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 15 It says, so Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed his voice is better than the fat of rams. God says, I don't want all of your sacrifices. Don't give a pledge and just go to Tarshish. It's not about a pledge card. It's about a heart that's pledged. It's about a life that's surrendered. It's about a life that says, not my will, but your will be done. We don't please God if we just give money and tithe. We please God because we obey God's word and we tithe. If you you just do stuff, oh, I just read the Bible to read the Bible. No, I'm obeying what God's word said to meditate on his word both day and night that I be, be careful to observe all that he's written in it. That's what pleases God. If you just write a check and your heart's not with God, it doesn't matter. God's not pleased with religious activity. He's pleased with hearts that are surrendered. Yeah. Yeah. Worship is not a it's not a melody, it's not a song. It's not a it's not a praise night, it's not a worship night. It's not a worship album. Worship to God is just the life we live in obedience to God. Whenever my boys disobey me, I I just let them know, you can't stay here tonight. Love you. You're out for one night. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Only a couple of them. Um, God doesn't kick you out. <laughs> That's such a dad. Amen, right there. That's like yo, I got six kids. Amen. <laughs> that was a, that was an amen of experience. That was not by faith. That was by wound. <laughs> That blessed me. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm praying in year eight, in year eight of our church, I don't pray that we, you know, we sing louder, that, you know, we, we write better songs, or that we have a better recording night in year eight. I'm, I'm believing for you and I will obey better. Because the sign of growth and maturity. It moves from, like, passion to lifestyle. From like loving God to fearing God. I got to be honest. The reason why I try my best to like really live life right is because I fear him. Because I don't think that it's like, oh, that was Jonah's time, but not anymore. Did God change? Did he change? My Bible says, I, the Lord, your God, I do not change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's like, I'm just trying to do my best to not get on boats that are going to Tarshish. I'm just trying to do my best to live in Nineveh. And I'll tell you, my Nineveh is Los Angeles. And I'm telling you, my my Nineveh is Julia. And my Nineveh is these four nuggets. And my, my, my Nineveh is Zoe Church. And my Nineveh is living here and building this church and doing everything that God's called me to do. And you got your Nineveh and I got my Nineveh. And together, if we obey God, I believe God's blessing will be on this house and we'll see God do great things in us and through us. Somebody give him a praise in year A, saying, I'm going to obey God at another level. (laughs) Worship team, come join me. Here's the last one. And then you got to rejoice in God's plan. you got to rejoice in God's plan. Look at this, Jonah. This is the last scripture today. Jonah, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. He became angry, so he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was this not what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than live. How do you get to a place in life, Jonah, where you're walking in the will of God and you're angry? I told you, God, I didn't want to do this because it was going to result in what I thought. Can we conclude in the new beginnings that his ways are above your ways and his thoughts are above your thoughts and God knows stuff that you don't know about and God's got a better plan and God's got a better idea and it may not work out the way I want, but it's going to work out the way God wants. Maybe God's going to ask you to do some things that you're like, I know if I do this, X, Y, and Z is going to take place. And God's like, yep, that's exactly what's going to take place. And it's my will, not your will. That's why Jesus is so great. Jesus said, God, I don't want to go to the cross. They're going to nail me. They're going to crucify me. They're going to abuse me. They're going to hurl inserts on me. I was like, yeah, this is exactly what's going to happen. This is exactly what I have planned. Because I have a better plan than you. And that's exactly, even though you can fast forward the tape to see where this goes, it doesn't mean that you have the right to say no to God. God still gets my best yes. Some of you are like, out of the ashes, woo! count me in. Just as long as I'm coming out, not going to Nineveh. Because I'm down. I'm just like, I'm not Nineveh down, you know. there's limits to my down but if it includes a little joppa little tarshish i'm down down it's not how god works it's not how god plans that's not how god moves that's not how god thinks god's got a plan for your life do you believe it god's got a plan for your life do you receive it and even though you can fast forward the tape and say man I know that if I surrender and I say yes, it's going to cost me a lot. Yep, it will. Yep. And I know if I say yes, it's going to include X, Y, Z. Yep, 100%, 1,000%. Couldn't, couldn't be more right. Could not be more right. But guess what? His ways over my ways. I got to decrease because he's got to increase. Can we stand to our feet together? Thank you, Jesus, for your great love in our life. <laughs> your great mercy. Thank you for those times that we found ourselves on a boat paying a fare to go with those people to the wrong place. Thank you for every time you sent the right circumstance to get us right. And we want your will over our will. We don't want our plan. We want your plan. So we're sobering up today today to worship you with obedience. If you want God's plan for your life over your plan, why don't you lift a hand to heaven right now? Just tell the Lord, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I want to know you. I want to do it your plan and your way over my way. Lord, I, I know that my life is not my own. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. It's Christ that lives through me. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. I want to obey you, God. I want to follow you, God. With everything I got, I say yes to you, Jesus. You're my future. You're my life. You got my best yes. I'm serving you with all I got today. Oh, come on, Zoe, if you believe that. Come on, let's worship God. Come on.